Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey Podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network. Today is episode 18 of the Locust and Honey Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ways that transformed people transform culture. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways you can support us and connect with us. Romans 8, starting in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Well, hello, I'm Andrew. Hey, welcome. My name is Matt. And welcome again. (laughs) Double. Double welcome to the Locust and Honey podcast. Yes. We're excited. It's going to be a good one today. It'll be fun. Yeah. Just like always, but more so. Yeah. We say that every episode. (laughs) But this time we mean it. This time, absolutely. Yeah. It will be. So, um... Yeah, it will be. And here's one of the reasons why. Because we have a new segment. We are Da-da-da-da. no longer doing What Are You Into? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> also, on that note... Of the gasp. We are also not editing our podcasts as much anymore. <laughs> Not because we don't love you guys and gals, but because the bottleneck in our episode production has been me editing. <laughs> and so we have decided to record our podcasts and then just post them so that we can be more consistent. Yeah. So it's kind of a So let me introduce this trade-off. new section, though, because <laughs> what I was going to just say is a part of it. We're now doing, we're going back old school, like old school, like reformer old school. Mm. One of the things that the reformers used to do in a way to make sure that what they were thinking and saying was as biblical as possible is it was very common for them to affirm statements and deny statements. So there was a lot of affirmations. We affirm this based on scripture we deny this. When this person says this, nah, we deny that. When this person says this, we affirm that. And uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, I, I borrowed this from a podcast, The Reformed Brotherhood. 
Shout out if you're listening. Cite um, our sources. Yeah, we're citing it yeah. this time. Yeah. <laughs> but so now we're going to be doing that. Uh, affirmations and denials. So, Andrew, since you had a ton of time to think about it, I'm going to let you go first. What do you affirm and deny today? Okay, so just for clarification's sake, what are we going for here? Are we going for like... Anything under the sun. Anything under the sun. It can sun. be theological in nature. It can be practical. It can be an app. It could be a statement that you saw on social media. It can be anything. Okay. You just have to affirm something, and you have to deny something. All right. Um, I'll start with what I uh, deny. Whoa. First, you're because going I'm negative still, Nancy. Well, I'm still thinking about what I affirm. Negative Nancy over <laughs> here. I know the things I hate. I don't know what I like. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're ready. Um. So, uh, one of the things that has happened in the past, um, I guess, week, has been, or since our last episode, or since our like last a month. Yeah. <laughs> um. Has How been. How about our go listeners? Ahead. Like, they've been beating our door down for more episodes. They have been. So we love that. Yeah. This one's for you. Shout out to those who have been. You know who you are. You know who <laughs> y'all be. And we know who y'all are, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank y'all. Anyway. Deny. Deny. Um, People are going to wish we were editing again. I know. <laughs> I would say that one of the things that has stuck out to me has been the way that our culture has gotten to a point to where we just don't know what's what anymore. And what I think I would deny is the cowardice on the sake, on the part of cult of, um, I'm sorry, corporate America to, uh, because they're bowing down to these things. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I don't know. So I well, think I would say corporate America is leading these things. Political right. America is bowing down. Yeah. Well, one example that I was thinking of was, um, so like Disney this week had mm. this big thing where, um, they, they, so they passed this bill in Florida, which was, I mean, it was a good bill, but the fact that they had to pass it's insane. Um, where s the teachers of students K through third grade cannot indoctrinate their students in um the ideology of uh i guess sexual like the sexual ideology of the woke culture and um what is the sexual woke culture ideology so basically what they're doing is they're they're telling <clears throat> students at, i mean k to third grade that they're kind of introducing the idea that you can choose your gender and that you can you know, like if you're a boy and you're interested in boy things, you know, then that's okay. But then tomorrow you could be interested in girl things and you could actually become a girl if you do that. Like it, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's leading to a bunch of confusion. And Florida passed a bill saying that you can't teach that in public schools from K to third grade. Um, and so, right. basically, what the media has blown this up to is they've called it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Uh-huh. And Disney 
who obviously, you know, Disney World is in Florida and has got headquarters in Florida and stuff like that, um, was one of the big corporations that got questioned because, you know, because of this. And people were like, okay, Disney, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? And at first, the Disney CEO was like, well, it's really not our place to say anything. Um, we're apolitical. We just make content for kids. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but then he got, I guess, pressured a little bit more. And so now they are bowing to this idea. And the thing about Disney is that they get a lot of their revenue from parents. So yeah. Disney's in this position, right, where, and the reason why I say it's cowardice is because Disney is in this position where if you follow the money, this is not a smart move because overwhelmingly parents are for this bill, you know? Um, but it's the loud folks within their their organization and then also in the media who are causing Disney to bow down to this, and I think ultimately they're going to lose money for it. Yeah. But it's because of the cowardice of their leader that, like, if he would just say, no, we're, we are maintaining our position. Yeah. He wouldn't lose any money. No, you I know? agree. But I think more than making money, he wants to push an agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I'm saying the this, like, corporate America, and by corporate America, I mean, like, these multi-billion dollar companies yeah. are the ones driving the sexual revolution. You know, mm. it's the politicians that are bowing down to them because they don't want to lose money. Yeah. So another good example, um, I think it's Illinois and Utah, the governors there, both Republican, just vetoed two bills that say trans women cannot compete in yeah. college sports. They vetoed that bill, so that now that they can. But their their reasoning for that was they said, well, we don't have this issue in our state, so there's no need to make a bill for it, you know. Um, but I think it was the Washington Post. They came out, and they were saying basically what they're doing is if they have that law on the books, these big companies aren't going to use their state. Uh, so people like Amazon, where they're saying, hey, we want to put – like they wanted to do a big Amazon center mm -hmm. and they didn't do it in Atlanta because of the heartbeat bill right. in Georgia. Um, but these two governors that are Republicans, they took that vetoed that bill for the purpose of their state making more money, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think the politicians that are passing legislation supporting the woke left corporate America um, and social media conglomerates and all of that um those are the guys that are the cowards yeah you know because they're there to represent the people right so um i mean theoretically yeah i mean disney can do whatever they want right you know yeah they're they nobody voted them on you know to represent right. that. Well, i mean and, you know what i mean and, but i get what you're saying because their whole platform is families right and then they're wanting to tear down the family so who's going to be your platform, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but more than they care about that now, the people that are in charge now, they care more about pushing an agenda and pushing an idea and deconstructing those families than they care about making money and providing a service to those people.
Mm-hmm. And it's our fault because we still flock to... We patronize them. Right. Got to come up with alternatives. <laughs> so let's deny people that patronize companies that are out to destroy you. That's my denial. Denial. Yeah. It's a tough thing, though. Well, I know. We're going, I mean, you know, we're going we to Disney. Starbucks all the we're time. We're going to Disney in October. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't told the boys yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But we're not going to be happy while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> About no. that anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of that, my denial is this. And it's going to be completely different than what I wanted to do. Um, my denial is Disney. But my partial affirmation, I'm I'm still in. Okay. You, you can do your affirmation now. I'll do my. We'll, affirmation we'll just both do denials first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we're all fired up now. Yeah. My denial is Disney, and there's a movie out called Red Panda, and the boys were in their room one evening, and they were watching this movie Red Panda, and so we came in and we we're like, "What is that?" Talk to them about it, and started watching a little bit of it with them and I was like this movie's not the best. So I looked it up and figured out what it was about and then I paused it and then I talked to Elijah and Ezra. So Elijah is 7 almost 8, Ezra's 5 almost 6 and set them down and we talked about stories. Uh a podcast that I love, Stories of Soul Food. They've talked about this before, but I wanted to start implementing it with them. So we talked about stories and how stories are food for our soul right? Um, God shares his story through the Bible, right? Uh, And and so we read that, and through that story, we understand who God is and all of that stuff, right? Uh, It's not a fictional story. That's a story. But stories are soul food. Stories are what inspire us. Stories are what bring us, they can bring happiness, they can challenge us, they can do all these different things. So we were talking about how stories are soul food, and there's different types of food. We could go to McDonald's every day, but we're not going to be healthy. We're not going to feel good. We're going to get out of shape so we can't run and do all the stuff that they like to do. Um, So typically what we want to do is we want to eat healthy food, and then every once in a while splurge with ice cream or macaroni and cheese or McDonald's. And But we need to know what healthy food is, and that's what we need to primarily be eating. It's the same thing when we're reading or watching stories. We need to know what a a healthy story is, what is a good story, and then we need to know what makes a story not good. And as we were talking through that, Elijah was saying, you know, I told him, the best story is the Bible. So what should a good story look like? He's like, well, it should look like the Bible. Okay, what does that mean? Well... Uh, Jesus died for our sins, and so we want to look like Jesus. And we were talking about all these different things. So we walked through that, what makes a healthy story, what makes a good story, and then what makes a bad story. Then we watched the first 10 minutes of Red Panda together, and I paused it, and we were talking about why is this story ice cream? Why is this junk food? And Elijah was like, well, she's being disrespectful to her parents, and the boys look like girls, and he just goes through all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, and I asked Ezra, I was like, what would you think? He said, I thought the boys' hair looked cool. <laughs> I was like, okay, well. Um, but so we were talking through that and what made that not a good story. And then we looked at Scripture and held up to that. Then after that, we watched the first 
um, Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and we talked through that, and Elijah was saying, I asked him who their favorite character in the story was, and they both said Peter. I asked him why. Because he was brave, because he led the army, because he did all this stuff. He was a leader to his brother and sisters, all that. And I was asking them, what makes that a good story? And they were telling me about how Aslan is like a type of Christ and how he died for the people and then came back and then helped save them in the battle and just all this stuff. Um, And so it was really cool to get them at that age of five and seven to start thinking through what is a good story. Because what we're denying with Disney and all these other companies Disney said if they can't pass through legislation, they're going to pass through their their shows, uh, their agenda that they're pushing. And so people aren't teaching us how to think. People aren't teaching us to look for good stories. We're just consuming anything that we're given, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we're being given a lot of junk food, and we're just consuming it all through stories. And um, so challenging them to to be able to realize and know what a good story is and what it's not um yeah interesting so yeah deny disney deny disney but we're going but we're going to talk about what's good and what's bad with what we're doing there you go productive trip there you go all right well what do you affirm i would affirm uh our cardinals team man man boy i tell you what them bats are on fire our team is six on a U team, roll. Six U Cardinals yeah. that we coach. If you don't follow us, we're coaching Ezra, my mm-hmm. middle son's six U Cardinals team. They are two and zero. Oh. Two and zero. Oh. Really thought we were we were underdog coming into the season because we weren't at tryouts, so we didn't see any yeah, of the players. We picked we our drafted, team blind. Drafted yeah. blind. Drafted blind, and turns out. <laughs> We got, we got a, a good, good team. team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the way that our league is, though, is it's very, very, very competitive. And the people at the top. Like uber competitive. Like, ins- ins- I mean, absolutely insane. You would think that I we mean, were playing for the Atlanta Braves. Right. Like these parents. Well, not really the parents. It's just these the coaches couple, yeah. are all about going to all-stars, all about travel ball. Like to the point that they somewhat bent the rules a little bit <laughs> to fit travel ball to fit and we don't travel ball so we can't play have better. any games on saturday because that's travel ball game right day. and so and we wanted to come in and shake it up a little bit yeah we were like we need to just obliterate everybody and so in christ in christ lovingly <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna lovingly obliterate them all no <laughs> but <laughs> but uh no yeah so but it's been good we're we're two and oh i'm having fun we're yeah, that's I'm awesome. Excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. We played last night. We won fifteen to five, mm-hmm. and then our first game we won 14-10. 14 Yeah, really, it was fourteen to. Really, it was fourteen to five, and really our last game was well, our last game was fifteen to five. Yeah, yeah, fourteen to five, fifteen to five. Yeah, so we've been having fun. All right, my affirmation. We're affirming now, right? Mm-hmm. So denial. We're denying these companies that are pushing garbage. I want to affirm a company that I, I've been following for several years now. It is a company called Dangerous But Good. Dangerous But Good. Hmm. 
So they get that from the book of Narnia, and they define Aslan as dangerous but good. Yeah. So he's this powerful lion, but he's good. And their mission statement is, it is a movement forged to inspire the love of God, family, country, and freedom. And so primarily, they are uh, a Christian company. They've been doing clothing. They do patches. They do stickers. They do stuff like that, mugs, um, T-shirts, hats, all that. But um, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to be the the what they're selling is not the primary part of the movement, but they're uh, they're trying to invest in families and invest in believers to be dangerous but good you know um and so i have enjoyed following them Uh, i've got a couple shirts got a couple patches and i would encourage all of you to check them out as well we have a a link to their newsletter Uh, i'm going to put in the show notes and it says that we sent you over there but just check them out see if it's up your alley um when you go to their website it says it talks about how the movement needs you uh how can you get involved and lock arms with god what god is doing through dangerous but good first you can pray and talks through that second you can shop uh says the movement doesn't move without you and your support and so they hope that you prayerfully consider supporting them through purchases and products and then lastly is the message, and this is the most important part of them. But their message is, uh, they are a movement that will always put people in our mission above any product. Please share the message via your social media and use your circle of influence to share about what God is doing through Dangerous But Good. The gospel is everything, and our country needs Jesus now more than ever before. So uh, I would encourage you to check them out. They've got shirts for men and women they've got all kinds of stuff so um follow that link if that sounds like something you might be interested in but i think there's a a call for that especially in today's generation where men are being demasculated and women are being pushed into leadership roles i think it's under uh I, i think it's good to have a biblical understanding of what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman and this company's doing a a good job of pushing that. Yeah. And as opposed to what Disney's doing, they're trying to foster healthy families and healthy believers um, to be to be leaders, to be courageous, to be um, not backing down to the culture that's in front of us because Christ has sent us with all authority and all power. And so we can be dangerous, but we're going as good because he's transformed our hearts and our minds. And we desire true justice. We desire true freedom. We desire true love. We desire, you know, to be the light that Christ has called us to be. And uh, I think that's a good transition to today's message, Man, too. that's a good segue. Because what we want to talk about is, I forget what we've titled it. You can look at the title. But what we want to talk about is this idea. Transformed Christians are the only ones that can transform our present anti-Christian culture. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I, well, that's why I, I read what I read um, at the beginning of the show, the show, the podcast, show. the episode. Um, 
we're entertaining. It's yeah. a show. We are entertaining, yeah. yeah. But, you know, in... Uh, Some of us more than others. <laughs> that was an entertaining Thanks. laugh. All right. Um, Can't get edited either. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Romans, Romans 8 um, kind of, for me, is the, I guess, the foundational piece to why I would most definitely affirm that. But it says that uh, for the mind, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. It says this, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so when we're calling people, well, when we're calling a culture to repentance, I mean, ultimately, we're calling them to a life pleasing that, or we're calling the culture back to a place where it pleases God. Right. And the only way to do that is to have our minds set on the spirit and not have our minds set on the flesh because scripture says right there, the mind set on the flesh cannot please God. And so, um, so that's my initial thought. And that, that's kind of yeah. where I would go to, to kind of back up that statement or where right. I would go to, I mean, you'd probably go to a bunch of places, but yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I like that. And, um, and then if you go ahead to, to Romans 12, be not conformed to the image of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. That's our call is this world is trying to conform us, mm-hmm. but we are to be transformed. And the only way that that's going to happen, we can't transform ourselves. We have to be transformed by Scripture renewing our mind. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to fall right into the same ruts that everybody else falls into. It's like culture is pushing us in a direction. And you can see that with the guy that won the NCAA swim women's swim mm-hmm. meet. I'm not hip on my <laughs> swimming titles. Swim meet, I think that's... but. Um, you know, everybody's, you can look at the picture and you're like, wow, that's a dude. Yeah. And he's huge, (laughs) you know? Um, and then you can see where, what was it like two years ago? He was ranked like, I don't know, 300 and something. It was crazy. And now he's number one in the women's division. All Mm -hmm. these girls are like a foot and a half shorter than him. And yeah, but, but we're being told to look at that and to say, that's completely normal. Uh, right now he identifies as a woman so he can compete as a woman. And in three years, he can go back to being a man if he wants to. Right. Because we have no definition for what it means to be male, what it means to be female. It's yeah. all subjective to what you think. You know, uh, it has nothing to do with biology. It has nothing to do with the way our bodies are made up. Um, we're, we're just all equal. We're all these little circles, and we can all fit in the same holes, and we can all do the same stuff. Right. And, uh, but that's not how God has created us. And so um, what we're saying is that we are going to think the same way as everybody else around us unless something transforms us. And Scripture tells us that what transforms us is our mind being renewed by God's Word and His Holy Spirit working in our life. And so with our statement, transformed Christians are the only ones that can transform our present anti-Christian culture there's a couple of things that we're assuming. We're assuming that we're talking about Christians that have been transformed by the gospel, right? 
So there are people that claim to be Christian that have not been transformed by the gospel. Right. And you'll see these people when they score a touchdown and they say, I want to thank the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and then they go out and party with strippers and getting right. drunk and smoking weed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that confession that's being made after the touchdown is not translated into action after the game is over. Right. Right. It's just a, a verbal confession. It's not faith that is belief acted on. Mm-hmm. Right. James talks about that. It says even the demons believe and they confess Jesus to be the Lord, but they're not going to heaven because they have not surrendered to his lordship. Right. You know, they've rebelled against God. They know that Jesus is God made flesh. They know that he spoke everything into existence. They're fearful of him, but they don't worship him. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people that confess to be a Christian that don't worship him. And uh, and so we're immediately not talking to those people. Mm-hmm. Those people, what we would say to you, is what Matthew 7 says, mm-hmm. where it says, Many of you will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not do these things in your name? And I will say to you, depart from me, for I never knew you. Right. So the best example I've heard of that was if I go to the White House and I go to the gate guard and I'm like, hey, let me in. I got lunch with Biden. And he's like, who are you? I was like, it doesn't matter. I know who he is. I know his wife's name. I know what her doctorate degree's in. Mm-hmm. I know that he hangs out in Scranton. I know, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I know all about Joe. And um, they're not going to let me in, though, because what they're going to do is they're going to call and say, hey, Joe, do you know this guy, Matt? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'm not getting in. Right. Because even though I know who he is, he doesn't know me. I don't have a relationship with him, so I can't be around him. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with God if we don't know him and he knows us through the three persons of the Trinity, the the Son redeeming us, the Holy Spirit residing inside of us and conforming us and shaping us into his image, we can't stand before the Father. Right. You know? Um, so there are people that claim to be Christians and they say and do all kinds of things, but just because you claim to be something doesn't make it so. Case in point, the transgender movement. Right. You know, just because you claim something doesn't mean it's true. You have to look at the whole picture. You have to look at the fruit that's on the tree. If I say I'm an orange tree and I'm producing bananas, I'm not an orange tree. I'm a banana tree, Mm -hmm. you know. So if I claim to be a female, but I have bananas, (laughs) (laughs) which we were editing, Uh. then I'm a banana tree. I'm not. (laughs) Let's just skip past all that. So, um, so yeah, that, that's the first assumption. The second is uh, that we are the only ones that can transform our present anti-Christian culture. So we're assuming that our culture is anti-Christian. Yeah. Why do we assume that? Well, because Scripture says that. <laughs> I are mean, tinfoil hatters? No. Is the government just out to get us? Um, well... Maybe. (laughs) Um, But not because we're weird. Right. Tinfoil hat. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists. I mean. You can look at what they're doing. Right. right. That's the thing. You can look at the laws that are being passed. So, like, look at Canada. We've talked about the C4 bill on here. Mm -hmm. They're specifically targeting believers that are teaching what Christians have always taught. And now, even though that's been taught, it's now hate speech. And it's now an archaic way of thinking. 
and we need to get with the times. Right. You know? And, and you know, obviously I said just a second ago that Scripture tells us that. What Scripture tells us is that we live in a fallen world. However, within that fallen world, it it is possible to transform culture, right? The Lord is yeah. redeeming culture. He is drawing up the, all the nations up his mountain and to worship him. And so the church being that leaven in the loaf is there are going to be ebbs and flows and sometimes there are going to be high, high, like highs. I mean, you think about just like you think about the time of the Puritans and stuff like that, where like you have an entire nation, the United States that was founded on these biblical principles because of the predominant Christian view in, in the Western world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it's not a, completely hopeless situation we have hope in christ you know let me ask you this then Um, andrew yeah what if i am a conservative Mm -hmm. can i help transform the culture as a conservative um why do i have to go as far as being a transformed christian yeah so like you've got the lumberjack part right and that's the conservative lesbian group, right? Right. You got, I don't know the guy's name. I saw it on Twitter. It blew up last week. Dave um, Rubin? Yeah. Yeah. Where he's a, now a conservative, and him and his, um, I don't know. Husband? Is it his husband? I think, yeah. He's been All married. right. Well, they're uh, surrogating, surrogating, surrogizing a child together and um so can those people help transform the culture because he's conservative Um, so he's fighting for conservative values right so is the i would say short term maybe long term no what do you mean because in the short term you've got these individual issues that non-christians who are or just non-christians can speak to Right. You see that like you see that in Ben Shapiro. Right. So he's a Jew, but he speak he he speaks to a lot of stuff. And he actually what he says, I mean, is true, biblically speaking, in a lot of ways, you know. But at the end of the day, you can't. This isn't a fight fire with fire situation. You know, when we fight, we've got to fight with Scripture. It's got to be the words of the Lord that are drawing people. Right. Not necessarily the words of fallen people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you this. So um, there's a big fight on social media right now between the trans and lesbians. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they've been going at it for a while now. And um, so there was a lesbian tennis star that spoke out against the trans swimmer mm-hmm. and what the the tennis star was saying was that men should not compete in professional women's sports right because it's a disadvantage and there's a lot of time and training and effort and money that's spent at that level and so men should not be allowed it's not fair for men to be allowed to compete um so she's helping fight against transgenderism yeah more so than some Christians are, right? So is that not a good thing? I mean, 
it's a well yeah it's a good i mean it's a good thing but ultimately it's not going to be lasting and sustaining because it goes back to romans 1 right so romans 1 it says that um it says for what can be known about god is plain to them because god has shown it to them right so the lord has revealed himself to people who who are saved and aren't saved we're all made in the image of god right and so but and then it goes on to say but the although they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks to him and they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened and claiming to wise they became claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal god for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things you can still have and, and god gave them up to their lusts and desires you can still have people who like a broke clock is still right twice a day, right? Like right. you can still have people who say true things because ultimately the at Romans one says the Lord has made himself plain to everybody, right? We are made in the image of God. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's any legs to that. Like that, that's why I was saying in the short term, maybe, but in the long term, no, because ultimately. Yeah, so like that example then. Right. Let's say that we win and we say, okay, the sexual revolution is insanity and they're teaching us to all be insane, right? Mm-hmm. They want us to see something that we know to be contrary to what is true and they want us to just accept that, right? Right. So in this case, this man is claiming to be a woman and he's dominating all these other women, mm-hmm. right? So we want to accept that as being true because he identifies as a woman. Um, but then that same lady that's making that argument is a lesbian, and she's going completely against what Scripture says for a family, right? Right. And so while you're trying, I, I I think it was Al Mohler. He was talking about this, and he was saying basically what you're doing is you're fighting for victory on this little island, and you're saying, you know you can have total control of the rest of the world, but this little island is mine. So sports. We want sports to remain sane, Mm -hmm. right? What you're saying is insane. Let's let sports remain sane because it's not fair here. Right. But the rest of the world around us, you can have it. That's not going to last. Right. Because once you give them the rest of the world, they're going to want all of the world, including your island that you're on. And then you can't defend that, you know? Right. and so sanity on an island does not remain sane for very long, is what Al Mohler said. Um, but but that's true because what we're saying is, okay, I will accept everything that you're saying, even though it's insane, I will accept it as sanity, except for this one area. So can you concede here? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not conceding because they want you to believe everything that they believe because ultimately what we know to be true and what Romans 1 tells us is that they want to feel accepted in their sin. They don't want to have to repent of sin. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying is, as Christians, we need to love the trans community. We need to love the LGBT community as a whole. We need to love Democrats. We need to love, if you're a, a, a vaxxer, you need to love the unvaccinated. If you're a vaccin- unvaccinated, you need to love people that have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. If you want to wear a mask in public, you need to love people that don't. If You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all of these dividing lines, we need to love people that are different than us. As Christians, we need to love everybody as Christ has loved us. Mm-hmm. But the way that Christ has loved us, and we're going to get into this next episode yeah. more, 
But the way he's loved us is he speaks the truth of the gospel to us and and then gives us the opportunity to repent and follow him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to be doing to people. We need to love them enough to speak the truth and then also call them to repentance and love, not as this clanging symbol or something we're hanging over their head. Right. But this is truth. This is salvation. This is for you. Right. So. Yeah, it's... it's uh it's calling for repentance, but actually calling for repentance and not just saying, you know, it's because repentance acceptance. has a heart of reconciliation. We right. want, we want ultimately everyone to be reconciled yeah. to Christ, you know? Right. Um, and like I said, we'll get into this yeah, in the yeah. next episode. Yeah. Um, but I've got a question for you. Okay. Is the gospel specifically as the gospel relates, specifically as the gospel relates to creation, is the gospel, as it relates to creation, a message of escape or a message of victory? I would say a message of victory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think there are some people, especially with things that are going on with Russia, uh, the past two years, there's a lot of people, they see America floundering on the world stage we see America floundering on the economic stage. Uh, we see America floundering on the sanity stage. Right. You know, um, and there's a lot of people that are saying the Lord's about to return. Let's just, you know, bury our heads in the sand. We're not going to engage the culture with the truth of the gospel, which is why there are lesbians doing more work fighting the transgender movement than there are Christians. Right. You know, uh, maybe not not so numerically. But if you look on social media, you know, there's there's a war going on between what is a woman and mm-hmm. and and all of that. But uh, there's a lot of people that think the world is cursed, the world is bad, anything tangible is evil, and we need to escape to the spiritual, you know? Right. Uh, we need to seclude ourselves. We need to have this inner reflection. We need to worry about ourselves. We don't need to be worrying about other people. Um, but I would argue that the gospel, and specifically as it relates to the creation, is a message of victory. And so transformed Christians are the only ones that can transform our present anti-Christian culture because we understand that. Mm-hmm. And not only do we understand it, but we've been given authority. Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're going in Christ's authority and we're going to proclaim Christ and lift him up so that he will draw all men into himself. Mm-hmm. So that includes in the political arena. You know, we need to have a voice there. That includes the arts. We need to be speaking, like I was talking to the boys about, we need to be speaking healthy, good stories whether that's through film or our social media or stories that we're writing or whatever it is, we need to be engaging people with good, healthy stories that don't just teach them what to think, but show them how to think and how to think properly and biblically. Um, We need to be engaging people in music and we need to be engaging people in all of these different areas in the family, in, in school, you know, Uh, all of these different areas Transformed Christians are the one that are going to transform all these parts of culture. And uh, 
and the reason for that is um, as we've been talking, there was a, a quote that I heard Andy Wilson say on Stories Are Soul Food. But um, as we've been talking, we've been looking at the collapse of the American empire as we know it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to, we're going to all be nuked off the face of the earth and nobody's going to exist anymore. But America, as we've known it, we're looking at the end of that. Uh, we're seeing the destruction of the empire that has been America. And a lot of that reason has been because of pride. Right. You know, we've become a very proud people. We have a month called Pride, you know, and everybody knows you don't even have to explain what right. kind of pride. It's just we got Pride Month, you know. Um, Donald Trump was a very proud president. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look through Scripture, God humbles the proud. Mm-hmm. He And so, but here's the quote, and I want us to kind of talk about this and see how this goes with what we're saying. Uh, so an early church father said the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church. Uh, but then what N.D. said he said, while the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church, the rich soil that the seed is planted in is that of a failed, rotting empire. So if you look at Pentecost, when the church exploded at the very beginning, that's also at the same time that Rome's collapsing. You know, um, Rome has overextended itself. It's become very proud. And then after that, Nero burns Rome to the ground, mm-hmm. you know, Um so you see these societies that they rise and then they fall, uh, and it's almost like clockwork. You know, if you read the story of the American history, it's just like reading the story of Roman history or reading the story of these other great nations that have fallen. You mm-hmm. know, look at Afghanistan. You know, um, we spent ten years fighting in Afghanistan. Now our country's collapsing. Russia did the same thing. You know, when the USSR fell, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're in Afghanistan and got their heinies kicked and then you know um they collapsed also england you know when britain was in afghanistan um so my 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 point in all of that is that these failed rotting empires breed the rich soil that the church needs to prosper yeah and um because what's happening is people's gods are being destroyed when an empire is just trucking along and going smoothly, it's really hard for the church to grow because people have become so dependent on this empire. Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes their God. They're worshiping this God. It's providing for their safety. It's providing for their security. It's providing for their happiness and well-being. And so all of our faith is in the government. All of our faith is in this empire. Um, but when that empire collapses because of the rot, then that breeds fertile fertile soil for the church. Mm-hmm. And so while we th- see these things shaking around us, they're shaking, you know, things are being shaken. Um, but if you look at Hebrews, Hebrews tells us that God's the one doing the shaking so that the only thing that remains is what he's built. Right. Everything else is going to be destroyed. Right. And so while we're seeing the collapse of the American empire around us, it's not collapsing because of greater forces in Russia or Europe or anything like that, or Biden, or the idea that people are wanting to have this great reset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff is like the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. And they're building this tower to the heaven 
But then God steps out of heaven and comes all the way down to see that tiny little tower that they're building. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so people are saying, well, this is just the, you know, uh, these are the elites doing the great reset or this is this, or this is that, or people are making Putin do this. You know, this is part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I disagree, but I say, even if that's true, God's still stepping out of heaven and coming all the way down to see this tiny little movement, you know, right. because he's the one that's doing the great shaking. Right. And he's the one that's going to destroy everything, but what he's built. Mm -hmm. And, and so once that happens, once the shaking is going on, it's an excellent fertile ground for the church to plant these deep seeds that transform the culture, you know, because while uh, I've said before, I think on here, politics are downstream of culture, culture is downstream from the church. Mm -hmm. The church is the mouth. It's the headwater. And then what the church is doing depends how the culture goes. And that depends how politics go. But if we fix the church, the church is going to transform culture, and then culture is going to transform politics. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah. Um, you know, my mind goes uh, into kind of this idea that we see in Scripture of, you know, like mountains being moved into the sea, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the shifting of nations and world powers, um, because the Lord is sovereign over all of it. Right. Um, and I, I, this is kind of a raw thought, so I don't know if I'm processing this 100% well, but, to it, to it. Um, you know, when the, when Jesus is, is saying to his disciples that the faith of a mustard seed can say to that mountain, move over here, you know, um, my thought <laughs> yeah. could be, that one of the things that can be drawn out of that is the Lord working through the church to completely shift things. You right. know what I mean? Shift nations. Um, and I think that that is what we've got to, as a church, get back to the mindset of um, the fact that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, you right. know? And that's an offensive statement, right? It's an offensive the church statement. is on the offense. We are not running for our lives. Yeah. We are not in retreat. You know, we are pounding against the gates of hell. We're more than conquerors. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so when you were asking, you know, is, is the is the gospel, you know, a message of escape or victory? That's why it's a message of victory, because ultimately the Lord is sovereign and has got all authority yeah. over every single thing not just you know he didn't just say i've got authority over you or i've got authority over my people he's got all authority on heaven and on earth yeah you know no, um and yeah well i got something that goes with that yeah, uh, yeah. i heard this <clears throat> i don't remember who the guy was but it was on uh, ezra institutes uh their podcast and but he was talking about so like if you look at the greek word gospel it's evangelion Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it means the good news. Um, we equate the gospel 100 percent with salvation and salvation is soteria where we get soteriology, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so soteria means to be uh, save, rescue or deliver. Right. And um, and so when we think of the gospel, a lot of times we think of that 
all being about somebody being saved, right? But we need the gospel even after we're saved. And the reason that we need that is because the gospel 100% includes salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a work of the Holy Spirit, you know, in somebody's life. It's a work of the Lord. He's taking a, a dead heart of stone and he's breathing life into that heart and making it become a heart of flesh. Right. You know? Um, so yes, 100%, that is a work of the gospel, but Evangelion, the good news is much broader than soteria, that personal salvation. What is the good news? And ultimately we see this in Genesis three, mm-hmm. when sin enters the world, sin came by one man, Adam, and because of that one man, all generations after him are cursed and they're cursed with sin. They're cursed with death, but once that happens, there's a promise given that there will come one from the seed of woman that will crush the head of the serpent. And Jesus is that one. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes not under the lineage of Adam. He comes into the world as his creation. The creator becomes flesh and enters into the world outside of the seed of Adam. So he's not under the curse of sin. And he's 100% God, 100% man. He fully upholds the law. And he comes to restore all that Adam destroyed, you mm-hmm. know? And, and what is he restoring? He's restoring right fellowship with God. And if you look at the Garden of Eden, that's the first, really the first heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. Heaven is representative of being in the presence of God. Right. And, and so the Garden is, uh, in a nutshell, it is the first heaven. You've got Adam and Eve, and they walk with God, and they converse with God, and they're in God's presence— and they are called to have dominion over the garden and to tend it and to fill it out and, and all of that. And um, God came to establish all of that, reestablish all of that. He came to make all of that right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that includes our salvation, but that also includes the world. It includes the cosmos. It includes the heaven and the earth. He's restoring all things. Yeah. He's restoring the family. He's restoring you know, the magistrate, he's restoring all of those things, the church, you know, those are the areas that God's blessed us with, um, civil magistrate, the church, the family, he's given us those things for our good and his glory. And he's using the church through the gospel to restore all of it. So it's not just this message of, of escape where we're trying to escape this earth. That's going to be destroyed. And we're trying to go to this spiritual heaven but it's this message of victory that Christ has come not only to save us, but to save his creation mm-hmm. and make all things new so that we can have proper fellowship with the Father once again. Yeah. You know? And so my desire for bringing this up is I want this to encourage us as believers. Like you talked about the faith of a mustard seed can cause us to go to that mountain and say, move from here to there. Mm -hmm. We need to start having biblical faith to stand up to these huge mountains and be able to speak truth to them, you know? And by that, I mean the culture, you know? Um, If you go on Twitter and you say, uh, uh, somebody who's born biologically male is a male, somebody who's biologically female is a female, that's going to cause a firestorm. You know, it's going to be a dumpster fire. It's crazy. And, um, <laughs> but as Christians, yeah. we need to stand on the truth and we need to speak the truth to the culture because we love them. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be deceived by these lies that are being pushed. 
We want people to be able to receive the truth and love. And so we've been talking about this swimmer, right? Like that guy, he's got a lot of internal turmoil going on. And for that, like, I'm sure his life is crazy. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm sure it's tough. I'm sure he has a lot of pain and anxiety. I'm sure he has a lot of just inner tension that he's wrestling with. And I pray for him. I pray for his salvation. I pray that he gets to know peace and truth and, and understanding that God created him perfectly as he is and winning some championship or some title is not the end all be all of life, but us being transformed to the image of God. That is our spiritual act of worship. Right. You know, he's created us for a purpose and he's prepared good works for us to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, and that needs to be our mindset as the church and the way that transformed Christians are going to transform this anti-Christian culture is we're going to be light. We're going to be salt. We're going to speak truth in love, just like Christ did. Yeah. And people are going to be drawn to that because we all have that need and we all have that desire, you mm-hmm. know? So I wanted to talk about this because I want, if, if people are listening to this, I want this to be an encouragement to them. We need masculine males to be spiritual leaders in their homes. We need them to be spiritual leaders in their church. We need them to be spiritual leaders wherever God's planted them. God's mm-hmm. equipped them for that. We need uh, biblical women to, to stand up to culture. We need them pouring into their families. We need them pouring into their children, teaching their kids how to rightly divide Scripture, teaching their kids what are true and good stories and what are false stories that are being just shoved down their throat. What is yeah. this junk food that they're consuming? Um, we and, and, and we need to see the family look like Christ, right. you know? We need to see our churches look like Christ. We need spiritual leaders in the church that are male, that are uh, standing on Scripture, that have a strong backbone, and are willing to go to these mountains and speak to them and know that Christ can move that mountain, mm-hmm. you know? We've been given all authority because he's been given all authority. Right. So we can go to these mountains in culture, and we can speak to them unapologetically, unashamedly, and know that he's going to move these mountains, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and then we need uh, those same people. We need godly men and women to be involved in politics and be involved in local magistrates, whether it's a city council or whether it's attorneys or whether it's teachers or whether it's all these different things. We need Christians to be engaging the culture on all aspects mm-hmm. and know that we're there primarily as a missionary to be light and salt to those around us. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. No, I completely agree and would affirm all of that. And that is why, you know, that brings us back to um, our title. And that's why we believe that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, it, People who are not, like we were saying earlier, people who are not necessarily transformed by the gospel can sometimes still speak truth because of the fact that what you kind of like what you were saying and what Romans 1 says, the Lord has revealed themselves to them, himself to them, and they, like the swimmer, like whoever else, I mean, they're looking for peace. They are trying to find it in all these different things. And so the loving thing is not to leave them in their maze of confusion. Right. You know, the loving thing is not to, the loving thing is to point them to the one thing that will actually give them what they're looking for. Yeah. They're going to these wells that are dry. 
the one thing that we can offer them as believers is the actual living water that Christ has offered us that provides a fountain inside of them that springs forth. And the bread of life. And the bread of life that actually nourishes them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Loving them is not letting them be, (laughs) you know. Um, And so... And we'll talk about, we'll definitely talk about that more next week, but, um, but yeah, so that's, and then obviously, yeah, like what you were saying with, uh, the ultimate end, you know, to what end are we doing this? Well, to what end? The end is that all of the nations, well, all of the enemies of Christ would be put under his feet as a footstool and then all the nations would be going up God's mountain to worship him, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's the victory, you know? So, um, so yeah, so those are my thoughts too. And I, it, yeah, it's a good, good convo. Yeah, it is. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this. And, uh, if you have, go ahead and, uh, share it on your social media, get the word around. We want to, see believers get inspired to follow Christ, to take a stand, to have a backbone, and to speak the truth in love. So mm-hmm. uh, you can do that by sharing this and, and using this podcast maybe to help spark a conversation with a friend or family member that you have. So um, if you're still listening, we appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you for your support, and have a good Lord's Day. Yes, we will see you next week.